the concertist uh, is uh, very attentive to the instrument he needs and I think that uh, when he finds uh, finally his best uh, instrument uh, he becomes really um, uh, uh, one body and soul body and soul uh, concertist uh, and instrument and sometimes I think in this violin there is uh, a piece of wood coming from my valley maybe my my job and uh, I, I feel good Welcome to Rosin the Bow, an audio journey through the world of the violin family. Hi, I'm Joe McHugh, and I want to tell you about a very special valley high up in the Italian Alps where grows some of the finest spruce tonewood in the world. The Italians call the valley the Val de Fiemme. In the spring of 2015, Paul and I visited the Val de Fiemme and interviewed several people who are involved in the management, harvesting, and milling of tonewood that is used for violins, violas, cellos, and basses. One of the people we talked to was Piera Cherisa, co-owner of a family-run tonewood business that operates a factory in the small town of Tesoro. But first, we met with Piera in a small park in the neighboring town of Cavalizia. We sat on stone benches beneath ancient trees and in front of us was a large rock, the top of which had been carved into a bowl. As far back as the Middle Ages, the park was where the elected leaders of the community met to decide the important issues of the region. In fact, each would vote by dropping either a white stone or black stone into the bowl. And one of the most important questions they had to deal with was how best to collectively manage the surrounding forest. Here, then, is part one of a two-part podcast about the Val de Fiemme and the people who help bring the gift of this special wood to luthiers and musicians around the world. I am Piera Ciresa, owner of the um, Soundboards Factory in Tesero. <laughs> we are here in Cavalese, in this wonderful park with a lot of... Uh, beautiful and very old trees and uh, in the middle of the park there is a really a special place this place is called uh, Banco de la Raison this means that this is the uh, uh, the place where the inhabitants of the valley in the past uh, centuries uh, uh, through their representatives sat down and decided about uh, the politics, the economy and the law of the valley. Okay. It's a very special place. It is really a special place. And uh, uh, my feeling in this moment is a feeling of peace and nature and joy. Uh, birds are singing and blue grass, sun, everything is of the best, thinking of, of positive things. You would tell me the story of how 
that your family started your business. And go back even further, if you would, than your father. Just how, how old is your family in the valley? And then how your father started the business? My father uh, was born 922. And uh, he came from a quite poor family. He wasn't uh, um, a, a, the son of a rich family or traditional business family. Um, his father was a farmer, but uh, as in the valley uh, and uh, mainly in Tesoro, uh, there were, uh, starting from the 20s, uh, some factories uh, using uh, our, our wood, our spruce, for making uh, not only furniture but, uh, but uh, musical instruments. My father was really uh, interested in uh, making these instruments. So uh, he went uh, uh, working uh, before the Second uh, World War in one of these factories. But uh, uh, in the year 42, he had to go and fight for a war which for him was absolutely uh, an incredible thing to do. He was against, but he had to go. When, when he came back, uh, it was end of 45. Here in the valley, uh, the economy was restarting slowly, but, uh, but uh, with uh, positive results. And uh, he, um, he restarted working in one of these uh, two factories. Then he, um, he was called uh, from uh, Bolzano uh, by the, um, the piano factory uh, Schulze Pullman and he worked there approximately two years as director of the factory. Then uh, he decided to become uh, um, independent from, uh, from factories and in the year uh, 51 he married and 52 he opened his small workshop. At the, the beginning the, his workshop was really a very very small workshop. He made uh, parts for, uh, for pianos and then he started um, the production of harmoniums and uh, in the year 57 he uh, opened uh, um, his uh, factory which for the time was quite big and uh, during all the 60s and 70s he made, uh, uh, he made uh, quite a lot of uh, harmoniums. So uh, Tesero uh, can be called for for uh, um, this, uh, this skill uh, to music and to uh, spruce or wood processing, uh, the village of the music. How is the spruce used in the harmonium? The harmonium uh, was very popular in the 18th and 19th century, but uh, um, in the uh, 
at the middle of the 70s, uh, when the electric and electronic keyboards started to have a very big market, the harmonium was uh, became slowly uh, the 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 second uh, brother of uh, of this type of instrument, and slowly, slowly, um, the market of harmonium. Um, was uh, was un poor, so um, my father at the same time started with another production. He started making uh, pipe organs for the churches. So um, he continued his his job uh, in uh, in in another field, but. Uh, in a in a very interesting field and difficult making a pipe organs is really <laughs> um, technically uh, very difficult but uh, um, we we succeeded this and in 1975 uh, he opened the the factory where uh, at, uh, now we are very big uh, and uh, modern. When he made the organs, did he, these were made out of uh, pipes, uh, metal, uh, or did he use the spruce in the organs also? Oh, uh, the, the, uh, the organs, the pipe organs, um, were made uh, of uh, several um, wood um, species. All, for example, the furniture uh, is made, was made of uh, spruce, uh, pipes, uh, the wooden pipes were made of spruce as of other uh, other um, uh, woods uh, as um, pear or um, nut uh, or something like that. And uh, the metal pipes, uh, um, we, we bought them from Crema, in Crema there were several uh, pipe, um, metal pipe organs uh, factories or small workshops uh, or from Germany. When your father uh, then moved into using the spruce for making soundboards for pianos and also for violins? When he opened the, the big factory uh, in 75, uh, uh, he had already started with the production of piano soundboards, but uh, the old one, the old factory, was so small that it was impossible to develop this uh, this branch of, of the music market. And in '75, uh, when he moved from the old one to the new one, he started uh, with a quite a big production of piano soundboards. Uh, for at the time for the Italian piano producers uh, uh, were uh, Farfisa, uh, Bachmann, um, Fazioli came later, <laughs> he started in 1981, uh, and also um, Schulze Pollmann. He, this uh, this factory was in Bolzano, so nearby uh, our factory, and the connection was uh, quite uh, good, and uh, every every possible 
control or checking or problem was solved uh, in, in a couple of hours. Uh, the, the production in the new factory was uh, uh, very, uh, very active and uh, uh, in the, between the 70s and 80s we had uh, quite 20 workers in the factory and uh, um, because in that, in that period uh, we had the harmonium even if a small quantity, the pipe organs, the piano soundboards and uh, um, through the selection of the, of the sprues for the uh, piano soundboards we started with the violins and all string instruments uh, tops selection. Uh, my father working uh, always uh, with uh, spruce uh, uh, was conscious of the value of this uh, Fiemme spruce and uh, uh, he pointed his attention to the stringed instruments uh, tops and the selection, the special selection of the spruces uh, for these instruments. It is stated that uh, the Fiemme spruce was uh, uh, used by Stradivari and all the violin makers of uh, his time, Amati, Guarneri and uh, many others, but these are the most uh, famous, uh, for making his, uh, his violins. And uh, uh, this is a, a thing that makes us very proud of our forests as, and of our tone wood. So um, uh, the, the, um, the keen selection and uh, uh, processing of uh, spruces uh, was uh, really and is really uh, a particular um, job and uh, um, make you uh, um, to, to, to have a special feeling with the wood. Now here uh, birds are singing, but at the same time uh, maybe also spruces are singing. Uh, every, everywhere in the world spruces coming from here. Here in this park we also have um, uh, spruces. In this in park? In this park. And uh, during your visit you will see a lot of uh, a lot of uh, spruces uh, special special spruces for the music. So, how would your father? Uh, did he hire special woodcutters? Do you have today woodcutters? Because at the factory we have the people that work there making the soundboards, cutting the wood for the violin tops. How do you get your wood? Uh, the people we have now in the factory are with us uh, uh, really <laughs> since a very long time. Mm, three of them were um, with us when they were 14 years old. So you can imagine how long, uh, how long experience uh, they have. And my father was a, a good teacher in this, uh, in this uh, wood uh, um, selection and uh, um, he went uh, um, already um, 
40, 50 years ago, he went to the big sawmill of the uh, Magnifica Comunità di Fiemme. And at the same time, the best uh, logs for violin making were selected uh, um, from the Parco Paneveggio, um, which is called uh, El Parco della Musica. This is the best uh, area for uh, the, uh, the logs uh, uh, intended for the, uh, the instruments. So the, the community, the government agency, is yes. the one who cuts the trees, makes the decisions which ones might be good for instruments, and then you buy them. Do you buy them in an auction, or how do you acquire the wood for your factory? All, all the forests in the valley uh, are, um, uh, are, are not uh, private, so we, we go uh, to the community or we go to the Parco Paneveggio. Um, when we must uh, make the selection for the piano soundboards, uh, we go to the uh, sawmill of the community. Uh, we have uh, um, um, a quantity uh, of selected wood uh, um, uh, reserved for our selection. Uh, the people there perfectly know what we are looking for. So uh, they make uh, piles for us, and then we go to select in that, in those piles, not all around. We, we cannot lose time. We, we, they know what we need, and we know what we can buy or sell it. How much competition is there in this work, for the violins particularly, for the violin wood? For the violins, uh, we have uh, quite a lot of competitors in Germany, uh, in Austria, in Italy, of course, where, where we have this very, very good uh, tone wood, Switzerland, and now uh, quite a lot of uh, people come from uh, Bulgaria, Hungary, and so also with spruce, which cannot be compared for the quality to the Italian or Alpine spruce, but uh, Economically, it is competitive. For the piano soundboards, uh, in Italy, we are the only one making uh, piano soundboards. In Italy, we don't have competitors, but in Germany and Poland uh, and uh, China. China. Yeah. China. <laughs> China uh, is not good for this market. I mean, we suffer a lot of uh, the Chinese uh, competitors. Not only we as uh, Ciresa, but also our uh, competitors in Germany or in uh, Poland or uh, this. It is very, very uh, difficult moment for the piano market. So in China, they are also exporting soundboards or the whole piano? Not exporting soundboards, but making a lot of pianos for the, um, the European or uh, American factories. The most famous uh, trademarks uh, uh, have uh, um, some productions in China. And is the wood they're using Chinese wood? Sometimes Chinese, uh, sometimes Russian, sometimes uh, European 
we don't know where they buy because the wood that they are using uh, uh, is uh, for the low quality is really in in incredible to be used i mean um we are so um so uh, um, attentive in the selection of our wood that we cannot imagine to use uh, uh, the, the wood that they are using, and, but uh, only making a, a box, <laughs> not, uh, not a, a, an instrument. Uh, this is cheap, this is cheap, and the quality is at the same time cheap. Anything else you want to say about the violin and the role it's played in your life? I find uh, uh, the violin uh, an instrument uh, that um, for a violin player um, becomes part of himself. Uh, this sensation I have uh, always when uh, I go to a, a concert and uh, the violin player uh, generally closes his eyes and keeps the violin like a baby in in his arms and um, when uh, when i i get in touch with uh, the violin maker on one side and uh, concertist on the other uh, i have two different feelings uh, and two different thoughts the violin maker looks for the wood, wants the best quality, the best selection, because he must make something um, um, to be sold. And when the violin maker is an artist, also um, not only something to be sold, but also that must have a certain um, uh, value, um, I mean artistic value. The, the concertist uh, uh, is uh, very attentive to the instrument he needs and I think that uh, when he finds uh, finally his best uh, instrument uh, he becomes really um, uh, uh, one body and soul body and soul uh, concertist uh, and instrument and sometimes i think in this violin there is uh, a piece of wood coming from my valley maybe my my job and uh, I, I i feel good after our conversation in the park in cavalizia we drove to tesoro where piera gave us a tour of her factory we watched the spruce being milled and graded, and then made our way down a flight of stairs to a large storeroom, where we found spruce billets stacked from floor to ceiling, waiting to be purchased by violin makers. Now we are in our uh, store, violin, guitar, and uh, all string instruments uh, tops store. In stock, uh, at present, uh, we have approximately 10,000 violin tops together, of course, with viola, cellos, and so. But uh, our average stock is like this. But the most important thing is that uh, here uh, we have really aged 
um, spruce tops uh, and naturally seasoned. Uh, I go back uh, with uh, all the qualities uh, availability to the year 2000. This means that the, the tree uh, um, was cut in year 2000. Um, then uh, the, the wood uh, is put outside uh, on the timber yards and we wait <laughs> for the seasoning at least five years, but generally more than five, also seven, eight years outside. And these trees that are cut down, some of them are how old? Um, between uh, considering uh, the, the perfect grain growing and so on, for the violin, uh, between 150, 200 years. Is how old the trees were when they were cut. Yes, uh, you, you must uh, think that uh, the most important thing for, for the tops is the grain that must be very perfect, straight, very um, tiny uh, together. And so uh, if you take the time to, <laughs> to look at all the earrings and uh, say one, two, three, and so on, you, you take a lot of time, and then you realize that the, the tree is really old, yeah. big. Do you get orders for quartets, the wood for a quartet? Ah, quartets? From the same tree, uh, for the violins, the viola, and, and the cello? The request, uh, yes, I, we have received. Uh, to realize this uh, request uh, is really difficult because when we process the the wood uh, sometimes uh, the the pieces are mixed uh, and we cannot uh, be sure that the, the one comes from the, the the same tree i mean the one the violin or the viola or the cello sometimes yes but uh, it is really very very difficult i understand too that for that to work Sometimes the center of the tree, the center core of the tree, has to be off-center because the violin wood needs to be tighter-grained and the cello wood needs to be wider-grained. Yes. And so the tree, by being off-center, uh, that's how difficult it is to the, find the right This piece. is uh, also one of the main reasons that coming from the same, the same um, tree, one of the instruments uh, is not in the perfect ideal uh, wood quality. For example, here uh, we have uh, we have uh, violin, but if we look at the same quality level on cello top, the grain is completely different. Yes. Uh, wider. And, and, not, uh, and not so perfect as in violin, even if sometimes we find also very beautiful cello tops with, with uh, the grain uh, very, very similar to the violin. Another thing uh, we have realized uh, during these years of uh, experience with uh, violin makers is that uh, the, the grain choice is really a personal taste. 
There are some violin makers who want absolutely perfect grain, very uh, clear and, uh, and so on. Others, they are not interested in this. Uh, they want uh, wider but regular growing. Others don't care about it. They, they only listen. By tapping to it. Yes. Like Let's this, tap, yeah. for, for example, How like this. They tap, it? They tap on it. And has your ear become good to know a good piece by tapping? Mm, I, I am also growing <laughs> on this experience. Uh -huh. Yes, I can say, yes, this is... Uh, this is uh, um, too hard for having one type of sound or uh, this is perfect for your uh, use or uh, your taste. Yes, uh, with the time, uh, the experience makes the difference on this. Musicians can be very eccentric people. Yes. Very eccentric. <laughs> I <And> hate it. <laughs> yeah, and some violin makers don't even like to deal directly with the musicians because they want this, they want that. They want it tomorrow but then they want to change. What are the nature, generally speaking, of violin makers have you found? Are they a, a more calm, interesting group to work with? Or are there some eccentric violin makers that come in and you have to deal with them in a certain way versus another one? Uh, they are uh, really completely different to one another. Also from, um, country to country. From Germany, they have their, their philosophy. From uh, Japan or China, they have their philosophy. In Italy, uh, they are divided in two different uh, schools, <laughs> I think. What were those? Uh, what, what are those I mean, uh, some are eccentric and others are uh, very serious and, and uh, um, uh, experienced artists. I, I am in contact uh, um, worldwide because uh, we sell um, also uh, by internet. So I am in contact uh, uh, sometimes by phone, but uh, mostly writing down uh, emails and exchanging uh, ideas. Or uh, um, then I go, I go looking in the in the website of these uh, people and I discover very interesting people. So um, learning about their work, uh, I can also better, or we, I am not always uh, uh, in, the, in the wood selection, we can uh, understand, better understand what uh, this uh, person is looking for. Do you ever hold a piece of wood up to the telephone and tap it for someone to hear in another country? <laughs> One time, <laughs> I was uh, on telephone with a, a Norwegian, a Norwegian um, violin player, who asked for uh, for the wood for making a violin. I tapped on it and uh, three or four different pieces, and I, he said, "This one is for me." Then I I delivered the wood. And uh, after approximately one year, he called me and made me, for me, a serenade with the violin online. This was 
the most uh, um, moving uh, <laughs> experience I ever had uh, online, on, on telephone with this person. And he was uh, quite a famous uh, violin player. I asked um, uh, some people I know in Sweden and in Norway uh, of, of the musical uh, uh, market and, and field, and they, they told me, here he is very famous. Uh, he died a, a couple of, of years ago, but really it was a, a particular experience. That's very nice. Nice story. To be successful in this business now as the daughter yes. and uh, managing and owning this factory, you have to be very good at English. Is that the language that people trade in mostly? Yes, but the people, when they, they uh, realize that uh, I, I speak German and French, of course, all the people of these areas, they speak or they write down uh, the orders on this language, but uh, with English, you can you can make business uh, all over the world without okay. problems. Yes. How much travel do you have to do? You were showing me upstairs a, a display you have for your booths. Do you travel a great deal to shows? To oh yes, every every year uh, there are some uh, fairs or or, or um, exhibitions or shows. Uh, they are a standard. For example, now in a couple of weeks, uh, we will be in uh, um, Sarzana, which is a small village in Liguria, nearby La Spezia. Mm. There is uh, there uh, um, uh, this uh, this event is called uh, uh, Sarzana Acoustic uh, um, uh, Fair. It is really very interesting. Uh, a lot of, uh, of um, guitar makers and guitar teachers come from the, the United States. 50% come from the United States. Others come from Germany, Italy, France, all, all over, Europe all over. And there we meet a lot of people um, guitar makers and guitar players. Mostly guitar. Uh, mostly, mostly, absolutely uh, acoustic uh, guitars. Then there is the Cremona um, fair every every year uh, uh, at the end of September, beginning of October, and this is devoted to to uh, violins mostly, or string instruments, bowed instruments. This is the most important. Uh, after Shanghai, this is the most important fair for this uh, type of, uh, of instruments. Travels, uh, yes, we travel quite uh, a lot, uh, visiting uh, mostly the, the piano uh, factories, as uh, in, in, this, uh, in this market, uh, now uh, the difficulty of, uh, uh, of um, keeping uh, the market uh, become every year harder and harder. So did you ever imagine you would be traveling so much in your life? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, even if I, I studied languages and I was abroad, 
but uh, not for uh, for uh, business travels. I was for learning and for tourism and so on, but uh, for uh, for uh, business, I never imagined to to be so worldwide uh, open. <laughs> Did your father pass away? Yes. Tell me how, when he passed away and when you decided, were you already working for the company then, or was that what decided you? Um, my father died uh, in 1991, 24 years ago, in May, this period. And uh, um, as my father was a very uh, energetic man, um, uh, he had a lot of interests. Uh, he was here in the valley. Um, besides this, uh, this job, uh, this factory, he was very well uh, known. Uh, he was uh, uh, in, in engaged uh, in, in different uh, economical um, uh, fields. He had everything in his hands. So when he died, suddenly, we were really in, in a big uh, um, problem uh, to, to keep uh, the factory. So um, the, my sister was working here as secretary, and her husband, who today is not here, uh, he, um, he entered into the business and then I followed uh, for the, uh, for the um, foreign market. And together, we all together tried to, uh, successfully, <laughs> to, to go on and to continue this uh, tradition. Uh, after uh, my father's death, uh, there, uh, there is a big difference uh, between the market and the production before, which was only Italy, and after, which became Europe. But uh, uh, this was very important, uh, as in Italy, uh, the piano factories were closing, 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 only Fazioli developing, developing, <laughs> increasing, and so becoming supplier to um, European and overseas uh, factories was uh, the, 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 the most important step we made uh, at the time. So was the transition to the Euro a good thing for you? Mm, not exciting, but not, but not bad. <laughs> not so bad. And your workers, uh, keeping the factory open meant people could continue to work, could support their families, would have a job, and that was important too. Are there unions in, in this kind of work? Do they have a union, or how do the workers? I must uh, frankly say that we don't have problems with uh, the workers. They are here, all the people uh, are working here now are here I say since so many years that we don't remember, they are uh, winner of fidelity, <laughs> fidelity card. <laughs> um, and uh, considering that the factory is quite, uh, is not so big, uh, 
we we must say that uh, they they are really uh, good people, good very good workers, and uh, um, we can rely on them in every in every moment with problems or with uh, uh, good news. And when we are winners of of some important uh, things, uh, they they live here like in a family. We call our show a radio journey through the violin family, meaning violins, viola, cello, mm -hmm. violin mm -hmm. family of instruments, yes. but also a family of people who are involved with making this beautiful instrument yes. and making it ultimately be something of beauty in the world. After we returned to the United States, I wrote Piera and asked her if she might send us a sample of the kind of music performed in her part of the mountains. Here is what she sent. A brass orchestra with solo violin, made up of local musicians, playing a melody from a popular opera. As we were preparing to leave the factory, Pierre showed us a rare kind of figured spruce wood called bear claw. And that, as I will tell you in a moment, led to an unexpected exchange of gifts. But first, let's learn more about bear claw. This, is, this piece of wood, uh, which is a violin top, uh, is particularly precious and uh, uh, requested because it is quite rare. I mean, uh, the, the spruce is uh, uh, coming from the um, Fiemme Valley forests uh, are called uh, Fiemme spruce, but this is uh, Fiemme spruce with bear claws. People ask, what does it mean? <laughs> In, Ita in Italy, we call it abete maschio. Why? There are a lot of jokes on these names. German, in German uh, language, is called Haselfichte. Uh, because uh, uh, if you look at it, um, it looks like uh, um, the, the hazel wood mar marbled. It's like... Uh, um, the maple uh, flame. Yeah. 
In fact, uh, the, the tree growing uh, with these characteristics is uh, a little bit uh, uh, different from the, the, the traditional tree. Uh, uh, this uh, this uh, uh, particular um, uh, grain comes from a botanic uh, um, defects uh, of growing, but the final uh, result is fantastic. If you imagine a violin made with uh, uh, um, a flamed uh, maple yes. back and neck and sides and the top with the same figure like marble uh, the varnishing um, uh, exalts uh, the final uh, the final results but also the sound could be could be different. Not always, but sometimes, yes. This type of wood is a little bit uh, harder than the, the spruce. Um, the problem is that sometimes has a lot of resin inside, and this is the reason because it is uh, heavier and harder. But uh, at the end, uh, it is really a uh, a jewel. <laughs> Make, having a violin made with this is really a jewel. And you said some, some makers from different countries like this bear claw. And the bear claw almost looks like the, it's been clawed by a bear. The wood has a kind of figure as if that's... Uh, in fact, uh, um, the outside of, of, the, of the tree looks like uh, if uh, a bear ha had uh, damaged it uh, uh, with uh, uh, his clo its clothes. Mm? Inside, then, you have uh, some particular signs where you can uh, check if it is uh, a standard uh, traditional spruce or uh, if it is uh, with bare clothes. And we, we have a story in America mm -hmm about a fellow who wanted to uh, play in a fiddle contest. Mm -hmm. And he, he couldn't win. He would win second place or third place, but never first. And he thought he needed a better tune mm -hmm. to play, to impress the judges. Yes. One night he had a dream. He was being chased through the woods by a bear playing the fiddle. Mm -hmm. And he woke up terrified, but he remembered the melody, learned to play it, and won the contest. And we still play that tune. It's called Flannery's Dream. Uh, there is an old association with bears and the violin that goes way back. Uh, a very famous painting, German painting, is the bears playing the violin and dancing. Yes. So uh, it's interesting. We have this bear claw connection and how desirable now it is. Yes. And you say some countries it's more popular than others? Yes. In some countries it is very popular in others doesn't uh, matter. They don't have any interest in it. But uh, um, instruments made uh, with this uh, are for sure um, more precious uh, un under the, the, the value point of view, but uh, the difference makes uh, uh, in, the, in the sound uh, is made by the hands of the violin maker of course. And the player. Yeah.
then when the player has the the best of the best then this is uh, really uh, um, uh, an honor on one side and um, if I have a, a perfect instrument in my hands then I can be sure to make a, a performance uh, every time, everywhere, in perfect uh, tune. We talk about perfection in the performance, in the music, and yet what is making this piece of wood so valuable is its imperfection. Yes, you're right. And I like that. Yes, you're right. That we need the a imperfection of this wood make the perfection of the music, or the instrument, or the player. The great mystery. Yes, <laughs> a great mystery, <laughs> but fascinating. Yes. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank and, you. And having this tour of your plant. Thank you. Thank you. I thank you for this uh, interview and your visit. Thank you. Yeah. Arrivederci. <laughs> Arrivederci. <laughs>
but they have set themselves the goal of 2,200 cubic meters by the end of July. That comes out roughly to 3,000 trees. So what they did was set up a unique crowdsourcing campaign where luthiers, musicians, and others who love the trees of the Val de Fiemme can donate money to this effort. Or I should say, loan money, because every dollar and euro will be paid back when the wood is eventually sold. So now grab a pencil so you can write down the website where you can find information about this campaign to save what some call the trees of Stradivari. Do you have your pencil ready? Great. The address is www.c-i-r-e-s-a-f-i-e-m-m-e-dot-i-t. That's for Italy. You can also find the link on our podcast page on the Rosin the Bow website. Thank you for listening to Rosin the Bow, an audio journey through the world of the violin family. Rosin the Bow is produced by Joe and Paula McHugh, with additional help from our daughter, Emily McHugh. Our theme music was arranged and performed by the string quartet, The Fretless. To learn more about this podcast and to listen to additional podcasts, please visit our website, rosinthebow.org. The Rosin the Bow Project has provided us with an opportunity to travel to many parts of the world where we've met such wonderful people. Thanks for taking the journey with us.